Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, that I am able to come into your presence this morning. I thank you for the grace that I have in Christ Jesus. I thank you for the mercies that I have, that I have in Christ Jesus. I thank you because I can enter your gates with thanksgiving. I can come into your courts with praise. I can declare that you are Jehovah. I can declare this morning that you are my, my Father. I can declare, Lord, that you are a loving God. Father, be glorified for heaven in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, for everything you are to us, we magnify your name this morning. You are somebody's strength. You are somebody's righteousness. Lord, you are somebody's hiding place. For everything you are to us this morning, we magnify you. We declare, Lord, that you are holy. We declare, Lord, that you are righteous. We declare, Lord, that you are great and greatly to be praised. Jehovah, be exalted forevermore in the mighty name of Jesus. As we spend this short time today in your presence, we ask, Lord, speak to us once again this morning. Help us learn in your word. Grant us wisdom and let your name alone be glorified in our lives. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining into devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. We start a new book today. It's the book of Zachariah. Yes. After the book of Agai, the next book is Zachariah. Zachariah is a very interesting book. So just like that, uh, we have just one more book and then we complete the Old Testament. But Zechariah is a very important book. It was, uh, it is set in the same period as the prophet, the prophet Agai. Okay, so when Agai was prophesying, was prophesying to, uh, to the, to the, to the nation, uh, to the remnant that returned back from exile, you know, um, Zechariah was doing the same thing. So Agai, in the book of Agai, prophesied, prophesied to Zerubbabel, prophesied to Jeshua, who were supposed to be the leaders of the people. Zechariah, the prophet, so we do exactly the same thing. He will prophesy to the same group of people. And it's important that we understand the situation that they were in. So like I said, having the period for the exile to end has come, after the Persian Empire, it you know, uh, takes over from the Babylonian Empire. Um, Darius, first of all, Cyrus, okay, instructs that the children of Israel can go back to their land. And so, uh, in returning to that, to back to Jerusalem, some people went, some didn't go naturally. So, if you read some part of the of the book of Agai, God was saying that his house was left on on untidied on built while they were living in their own houses it was referring to those who stayed back in back in babylon okay 
So Cyrus made it possible for those who wanted, wanted to stay to stay and those who wanted to return to return. So like I said, three groups of people returned. Nehemiah Edo, um, led one group to return to build the worlds. We know that Zerubbabel here led another group to return. And then Ezra, yes, Ezra, together with Daniel and the rest of them will eventually return. So by the time these people are coming together, okay, it's a time where Jerusalem had been destroyed so that you understand the context in which, okay, uh, the book is speaking. It's a time where Jerusalem is in shambles. It's been almost 20 years now that they have been trying to build the temple. They've not achieved so much, so much. Okay, and now the prophet Zechariah will be prophesying. Will be prophesying to them. Also, if to understand the structure of the book of Zechariah, Zechariah has okay the first six chapters. You have some eight visions, eight visions that we will need to put on our figurative language cap again to understand what they mean. But again, every time a figurative sentence is used. The vision is usually explained. So please get your Bibles. We read four chapters this morning. Zechariah chapter 1 says, this one is a call to return to the Lord. It says in November, if you read the book of Agai, it is in August. August of the second year of King Darius. This one is in, in November of the second year of King Darius' reign. The Lord gave this message to the prophet Zechariah, son of Berechiah and grandson of Edo. I, the Lord, was very angry with your ancestors. Therefore, say to the people, this is what the Lord, the Lord of heaven's armies, says, Return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And that's a very important statement. Okay? We have to return to God. For God to really, in a sense, return back to us. Especially in the context of the children of Israel who had abandoned God and had given themselves to, an, to idols. God told them, you will have to return before I return back to you. He says, don't be like your ancestors who, won't, who would not listen or pay attention when the earlier prophets said to them, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says, turn from your evil ways and stop all your evil practices. And I can just imagine which prophet was he referring to? Moses, most likely, who gave them the law. And then they had so many wonderful prophets. But the children of Israel always chose not to listen. Verse 5 says, well, Where are your ancestors now? They and the prophets are long dead. But everything I said through my servant, the prophet, happened to your ancestors just as I said. As a result, they repented and said, We have received what we deserved from the Lord of heaven's armies. He has done what he said he would do. So, who declared this? I think the only person that I, I can remember praying this prayer would have been Nehemiah and Daniel, who prayed this prayer and repented and asked God, you know, to forgive them. Okay, so God says here, because they interceded on behalf of the nation. God said, said that they had repented. He said they repented and said, We have received what we deserve from the Lord, from the Lord of heaven's armies. He has done what he said he would do. Okay, so now the visions will start. Verse 7 says, Three months later, on February 15th, the Lord sent another message to the prophets Zechariah, son of Berechiah, and grandson of Edo. 
in a vision during the night, I saw a man sitting on a red horse that was standing among some metal trees in a small valley. Behind him were riders on red, red, brown and white horses. I asked the angel who was talking with me, My Lord, what does, what do these horses mean? I will show you, the angel replied. The riders standing among the metal trees then explained that they are the ones the Lord has sent out to patrol the earth. So one of the things you will realize that angels do is that they patrol the earth, okay? Just like in those days, kings usually have emissaries who go around patrolling the, the entire kingdom and come back and tell the king what is going on in their domain. The same thing here. These angels, it says that they patrol the, oh, the earth. It says, then the other rider reported to, to the angel of the Lord who was standing among the metal trees. We have been patrolling the earth and the whole earth is at peace. Okay? The whole earth is at peace. You would think that that was a good thing. As at this time, remember that uh, Judah and Israel were returning back to Jerusalem. So, in other words, the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah had been destroyed. At this period, while they were in turmoil, all the remaining parts of the world were enjoying peace. Okay? <laughs> they were enjoying peace. And so, you could not say this was an unholy peace, if you want to call it that. So, it wasn't a good peace in a sense, because they were worshipping their idols. It says, upon hearing this, the angel of the Lord prayed this prayer, O Lord of heaven's armies, for 70 years now you have been angry with Jerusalem and the towns of Judah. Remember, their stay in exile was to last for 70 years. So, yes, this was a period they were already returning. It says, how long until you again show mercy to them? And the Lord spoke kind and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. Then the angel said to me, shout this message for all to hear. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says. My love for Jerusalem and Mount Zion is passionate and strong, but I am very angry with the other nations that are now enjoying peace and security. I was only a little angry with my people, but the nations inflicted harm on them for far beyond my intentions. Remember that when Babylon came to carry off Judah, there were nations that were rejoicing. The Ammonites, for example, the Moabites, okay, Edom especially, were rejoicing. They were happy. Yes, finally, God catch them. Mm-hmm. Yes, finally, they are getting the recompense for their labor. Where is the God that they claim that they were serving? Okay, so God said that he was now angry with these people. And I'm telling you, the Passion Empire will deal with most of them. Yeah, not so long after this time, the Passion Empire will eventually carry, yes, the son the son of uh, Darius will be the one to defeat the Egyptians. If you read history book, Cambyses was his name, will be the one to defeat the Egyptians. Okay, so yes, it says that I I was a little angry with my people, but the nation inflicted harm on them far beyond my intention. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I have returned to show mercy to Jerusalem. My temple will be rebuilt, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, and measurements will be taken for the reconstruction of Jerusalem. Say this also, this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies says, the towns of Israel will again overflow with prosperity, and the Lord will again comfort Zion and choose Jerusalem as his own. So God was saying he was going to restore his people. 
Verse 18 says, Then I looked up and saw four animal horns. What are these? I asked the angel who was talking with me. Now, you need to put on your figurative language cap. It says, He replied, These horns represent the nations that scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. Okay? So, horns naturally represent place of authority. So he called them nations. So naturally, what who were the four nations that that majorly fought against Israel? Okay, you would definitely call Assyria. You call Moab, Ammon, and Edom. Okay, you might not want to call the Babylonians because they came to do God's will. But these horns, these four horns, represents the four nations that were fighting against Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. So I will call them the Assyrians. The Mo- people from Moab, Moabites, the Edomites, okay, or from people from Mount Seir, and the people of Ammon, the Ammonites. It says, Then the Lord showed me four blacksmiths. The four blacksmiths. What are these men coming to do? I asked. The angel replied, These four horns, uh, these four horns, this nation scattered and humbled Judah. It says the angel replied, These four horns, these nations scattered and humbled Judah. Now these blacksmiths have come to terrify those nations and throw them down and destroy them. Okay? So the four horns will represent, in my opinion, will represent Zerubbabel, will represent Jeshua, okay? And then the prophets that were prophesying to them during this period, maybe Zechariah and Agai, okay? So, chapter 2, let's move on. This is about the future prosperity of Jerusalem. He said, When I looked again, I saw a man with a measuring line. So, this is another vision in his hand. Where are you going? I asked. He replied, I am going to measure Jerusalem to see how wide and how long it is. Then the angel who was with me went to meet a second angel who was coming towards me. So, one of the things about the book of Zechariah is it says a lot about angels. And it will tell you about the works about angels. And that thing that, that the book of Zechariah does is that it will tell you a lot about the Messiah, a lot about Jesus Christ, okay? Zechariah is one of the people that calls Jesus the anointed one, calls him the branch, the branch of David from, from the root of Jesse or the stem of, De, of Jesse, of David, okay? So um, the book of Zechariah is like that, okay? Apart from the book of Daniel and Revelation, the book of Zechariah is also called an apocalyptic book in that it tells a little bit about the end time also okay so it says that he replied i am going to measure to measure jerusalem to see how wide and how long it is then the angel who was with me went to meet a second angel who was coming towards him the other angel said hurry and say to that young man jerusalem will someday be so full of people and livestock that there won't be room enough for everyone many will live outside the city walls then i myself will be a protective wall of fire around jerusalem says the lord and i will be the glory inside the city so at the end of our reading today we're going to pray verse verse 5 for ourselves we'll make it our prayer point it says then i myself will be a protective wall of fire around jerusalem so we'll pray that god will become a protective wall of fire around us around our families around our businesses hallelujah it says says the lord and i will be the glory inside the city in other words the glory of god will radiate from our lives amen verse 6 says the lord says 
Come away, flee from Babylon in the land of the north. So like I said, the people were unwilling to come to Jerusalem because by the time they returned, they were less than about 50,000 people. Okay, so in a city that used to take millions of people, 50,000 people, it meant it looked like a ghost town. There were very, very few of them. When Nehemiah was building the wall, it was, there were just few of them, okay? And so it was easy for enemies to come and attack them. Nobody who was succeeding in Babylon would want to come to come and stay in Jerusalem. So God tells them, the Lord says, come away, flee from Babylon in the land of the north for i have scattered you to the four winds come away people of zion you who are exiled in babylon after a period after a period of glory the lord of heaven's army sent me um, against the nations who plundered you for he said anyone who arms you arms my precious possession i'm telling you that's such a wonderful prayer point to pray for yourself anyone who arms you arms my precious possession. I will raise my fist to crush them and their own slaves will plunder them. Then uh, you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. The Lord says, shout and rejoice, O beautiful Jerusalem, for I am coming to live among you. When God says he was coming to live among them, he is talking about the Messiah because he says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That is the book of John. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. So when the Lord says, shout and rejoice, O beautiful Jerusalem, for I am coming to live among you, he was talking about the Messiah. He says, many nations will join themselves to the Lord on that day and they too will be my people. Of course, he's talking about uh, the redemptive right, the redemption that Jesus was going to bring. It was going to be for, ev- to, for all nations. Everyone will be able to call God, claim God for themselves. Okay, hallelujah. It says many nations will join themselves to the Lord on that day, and they too will be my people. I will live among you, and you will know that the Lord of heaven's army sent me to you. It says the land of Judah will be the Lord's special possession in the Holy Land, and he will once again choose Jerusalem to be his own city. Be silent before the Lord all humanity, for he is springing into action from his holy dwelling. Hallelujah. All right, let's read Zechariah chapter 3. Zechariah chapter 3, we will see the cleansing of the high priest. Zechariah chapter 4, we will see God speak on behalf. Okay, so the high priest was Jeshua. Agai also prophesied about him. And then in chapter 4, we will see God you know, speak about Zerubbabel. Okay, so speaking about the two, the high priest and the person that should have been king, representing the ministry eventually the eventual ministry of jesus what jesus will eventually make make us is kings and priests standing for jeshua and zerubbabel okay so jeshua and zerubbabel were in a sense a template preparing us for the new testament in fact at a time a, a lot of people thought that majority of the words here that were pointing to the Messiah, they thought that it was pointing to the king, was pointing to, to Zerubbabel because Zerubbabel is from the line of the king. So let's read Zechariah chapter 3. This is about the cleansing for the priest. Then the angel showed me Jeshua, the high priest, standing before the, before the angel of the Lord. So 
I want you to pay attention because there is a lot to learn from this chapter. We will then ask ourselves or learn in the context of the New Testament, how does this apply to us? Remember, this is Old Testament. It says, Then the angel showed me Jeshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, making accusation against Jeshua. And I'm telling you, that corresponds with the New Testament, right? The Bible says that it makes accusation before God daily, okay, concerning me and you. It says, And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusation. He was accusing him, but even without an advocate, God says, I reject your accusation. In light of the New Testament, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus, okay? Jesus is pleading our case. So you see why the condemnation of the devil will not work against you in the presence of God? So don't allow the devil lie to you, okay? The devil is plaguing your mind, making you feel that God is condemning you. That's a big lie. That's a big, a big lie from the pit of hell. Even when there was no advocate here, God rejected his accusation. He says, and the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusation, Satan. Yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from from the fire. So literally, God was saying that he had removed him okay, from the influence of the devil. He says, Jeshua's clothing was filled as he stood there before the angel. And I'm telling you, the Bible says in the book of Romans, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Outside Jesus, everybody is putting on filthy, filthy, filthy garments. Remember that this is the high priest. This is the high priest and his garment was, was filthy. So I don't know how holy and how well you want to live. However you live, your garment will still be filthy. You need Jesus. He says, Jeshua clothing was freely as he stood there before the angel. So the angel said to the other standing there, take off his filthy clothes. And turning to Jeshua, he said, see, I have taken away your sins. And now I am giving you these fine new clothes. Then I said, they should also place a clean turban on his head. Yes, because he is the high priest. So they put a clean priestly turban on his head and dressed him in new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by. Then the angel of the Lord spoke very solemnly to Jeshua and said, this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. If you follow my ways and carefully serve me, then you will be given authority over my temple and its courtyards. I will let you walk among these others standing here. Who were the others standing here? Okay, maybe in, this is he's talking about the courtroom of heaven or the throne room of heaven. Angels are about. He was telling Joshua that he would allow him walk among among them remember that joshua joshua is representing standing for me and you okay so you will you will see now how that connects with him with uh, connects with us verse 58 says listen to me joshua the high priest and all you other priests you are symbols of things to come did you hear that symbols of things to come talking about us he says soon i am going to bring my servant the branch Which, who is the servant that is the branch jesus said 
I am the vine, you are the branches. In other words, through Christ, we were engrafted in. <laughs> so you see what God was saying to Joshua. God was t- is telling you and I also that if you will follow my ways and carefully serve me. He says, then you will be given authority over my temple and its courtyard. And I will let you walk among these others standing here. If you would dedicate yourself, I'm telling you, you will enjoy authority like you have never seen before. You will enjoy the anointing of God like you have never seen before. If you would just learn, if you commit yourself from today to walk with the Lord. It says, soon I am going to bring my servant the branch. Now look at the jewel I have set before Joshua, a single stone with seven facets. I will engrave an inscription on it, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will remove the sin of this land in a single day and on that day says the lord of heaven's armies each of you will invite your neighbor to sit with you peacefully under your own grapevine and fig tree hallelujah all right let's try and complete this one zachariah chapter 4 this one is about a lampstand and two olive trees then the angel who had been talking with me returned and woke me as though i had been asleep what do you see now he asked i answered i see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl of oil on top of it around the bowl are seven lamps each having seven spouts with wicks where was the last time you heard about seven lamps if you read your bible very well if you were with us when we were studying the book of revelation you would have remembered that that stood for the seven churches okay so the so the seven lamps will stand for in my opinion, we stand for the nation of Israel as in the light of what Zechariah was seeing, stands for the nation of Israel. But the seven lambs also we stand for the sevenfold spirit of God. He says, as seven lambs, each having seven sprouts with weeks. And I see two olive trees, each see two olive trees, one on each side of the bowl. In my opinion, these two trees these two olive trees stands for Zerubbabel and Jeshua. Then I asked the angel, what are these, my Lord? What do you, what do they mean? Don't you know the angel asked? No, my Lord, I replied. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force nor by strength, nor, uh, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. You, other versions would have said, it is not not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Okay, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. In other words, at that mountain before Zerubbabel, you will become a plain. It says nothing, not even a a, mount, a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place the people will shout may god bless it may god bless it so basically god was prophet telling zerubbabel what he was about to take on was going to be literally like a mountain but not by power not by might 
but by my spirit. In other words, it will not be by Zerubbabel's power. It will not be by his own physical strength. He said not by force, not by strength. It will be by, the, by, by God's spirit. So when the time will come, when Zerubbabel will take on building the temple, I'm telling you, in human effort, okay, in human sense, it should not have been possible. But the temple was completed. God says that the people will be shouting, may God bless it, may God bless it. Verse 8 says, then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple and it will complete it. Then uh, you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. So do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. We all like quoting verse 10, do not despise the days of little beginnings. Yes, so whatever it is, project you have taken on today, do not despise the day that you are starting. Remember, not by power, not by might, but the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit will help you. So remember that Zechariah asked the angel at the beginning of chapter 4, what was the meaning of the seven lambs, you know, the two olive trees and everything, the angel would not answer. It says uh, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. It says the seven lambs represents the eyes of the Lord that searches all around the earth. Whatever the Bible uses that, okay, when something has eyes and it is able to search all around the earth at the same time, that thing is omnipresent, okay? So automatically it is not talking about anyone else but the holy spirit so the seven lamps stands for the holy spirit 11 says then i asked the angel what are these two olive trees on each side of the lamp stand and what are the two olive the two olive branches that pour out golden oil are true two gold tubes don't you know he asked no my lord i replied then he said to me this they represent the two anointed ones who stand in the court of the lord who stand in the court of the lord of all the earth the anointed one here stands for zerubbabel and jeshua the king and the priest representing what you and i are going to become in future hallelujah i don't know about you but zachariah the book of zachariah is such an interesting book when you read it when you're able to interpret it it's an interesting read it will bless you it will bless you all right let's get ready to go today i don't know what about you but at least i've learned quite a bit this morning not by power not by might but by my spirit are you taking on any project today not by power not by might trust in the holy spirit Zerubbabel was about to take on building the temple god told him that it was not going to be by his strength it was going to be by the spirit of god okay you to trust in god that it you would not need to do it by your strength but the holy spirit will help you second point we see the high priest jeshua 
covered in iniquity in a sense he was putting on filthy clothes and the clothes were taken taken from him there was accusation against him from satan there might be accusation against you too today but remember that you in light of the new testament you have an advocate with the father jesus is pleading your case not only not only that god has made you and i are the righteousness of god in christ jesus in other words he has changed our robes already hallelujah so you don't have any filthy robes on mm-hmm. not at all there is no filthy robes the devil can accuse you of in god's presence about okay so that's the second lesson i learned today and then in zachariah chapter 2 that very wonderful prayer it says that then i myself will be a protective wall of fire around jerusalem says the lord and i will be the glory inside the city father i pray this morning become my glory lord radiate from my life let people see your glory in my life in the mighty name of jesus let people see what it means to be a child of god in my life in the mighty name of jesus this morning i pray lord that you will be a wall of fire you will be a wall of protective fire around me around my family open your mouth and begin to pray this morning around my children around my wife around my husband lord around my business you will be a protective wall of fire in the mighty name of jesus i pray this morning the enemy will not be able to come into my to what belongs to me the enemy will not be able to take what belongs to me in the mighty name of jesus i declare this morning that the hand of the enemy is frustrated in the name of jesus because the lord protects me because the lord watches over me i declare that mine is secure what you have given me is protected in the name of jesus father i bless you this morning lord i give you all the glory father we bless your name thank you for another day as we go today lord go with us in the precious name of jesus hallelujah all right thank you so much for listening today god bless you enjoy your day